0: You're listening to the Park Rush Podcast. This is a theme park podcast. Coming up on this week's show, Bob Iger teases an avatar experience for Disneyland. We've got an in-depth look at a brand spanking new Elsa animatronic, Tron. We've got new footage of Tron. And there's a makeover for Tom's favourite cookie place. All that And more, but not this week's Reedy Creek News, because we recorded before it was announced. Coming up shortly. Josh, I'm cured. Hallelujah. No more COVID to be seen. Praise be. Can you believe it? I killed it. I fought it off. COVID's never seen a body like mine. Josh, <laughs> uh, sure, yeah, okay. Stuck around for longer than I would have liked, but at no point was it taking me out. That's it. We've all had it at uh, Park Rush H- HQ now. Y- right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, looking at the download figures, most of our most of our listeners have had it as well, but most of them didn't make it. <laughs> didn't. didn't make it. Oof. <laughs> Ew. So. That's unfortunate, I suppose. But anyway, good to not have COVID anymore. Good to be a bit less nasally. Good to be able to leave the house. My luck's beginning to turn. (laughs) It's
1: all coming up, Tom Akers. It certainly is. Uh, What about you, Josh? Is it all coming up, Josh, also? I think I'm in a pretty good spot. Um, It's the weekend. Uh, Going to see my brother for his 40th birthday. So happy birthday to him. Uh, not that he listens, but the, you could argue that there's more people that don't listen to podcasts than do listen to the podcast. I
0: think we'd need to we'd need to commission a study to confirm that. But I think you're probably yeah. right.
1: I think mm. you're probably right. Alas, yeah. We'll get the government on it. They're they're good at doing studies. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway,
0: uh, another pretty good week, it has to be said, of Theme Park News. All the stories we're going to talk about this week are Disney-related, bar one from our (gasps) roving reporter, Pastor John Self, who uh, is at Universal, as he often is. And I must say, I was a little bit concerned when he sent this through oh. because any sign of kind of work that's been done to my beloved croissant moon bakery in the port of entry at Isles of Adventure oh, yeah. does make me quake in my boots a little bit it kind of makes me think because it's the kind of place that's been there for so long now and yet is never going to be a kind of headline front of the map must do kind of a dining experience that I almost feel like it's the type of place that if someone high enough. up High up enough at Universal were to even notice it and question it, it would be in, it would kind of be in view of saying, "Is that doing good business? Should we consider, you know, retheming that and turning it into an IP thing?" Thankfully, no. They've just given it a nice new coat of paint. Got some lovely pictures from oh. pastel John. It's looking absolutely beautiful. In fact, it looks wouldn't look out a home beautiful. in Animal Kingdom. It's been given uh, oh,
1: such baby. a lovely
0: coat of paint. There really stands out.
1: Because it's it's either that or it becomes a chain, doesn't it? That's the uh, that's the two ways it goes. It either got, it's you know you're either expecting an IP to go in there or Dunkin' Donuts. Oh no, no! I mean they've already got Starbucks just across the way. That's the thing. That is
0: that is a power move, if I do say so. By Universal to say yeah yeah we'll have we'll have a Starbucks sure, but we're so confident in our own in-house option that we're just going to keep that there too, literally just across the way. Mm. So people in the queue... Disney would never... Disney Disney don't have it in them. They're scared. They're scared of Starbucks. Whereas Universal like, yeah, put that thing over the other side of the street. And we're confident that while people are in, uh, uh, you know, an overly long line for some average coffee, they'll look across the way, see people tucking into a gorgeous chocolate chip cookie and a lovely coffee and think... Oh, damn, those guys have got the right idea. Maybe I'll just go over there. That could have been us. Could have been us, yeah. Well, it's always me, Josh. Never see me in Universal <laughs> Starbucks. I'm straight to the croissant, Luke. Amen to that, Tom. I'm right there with you. Man, it's it's genuinely, think, like, don't get me wrong, the rides are great, the atmosphere is great, but it's the little things that remind me of how much I love certain theme parks and make me want to go back. Like John sending the odd picture of the cookie place in the port of entry is what really <laughs> makes me think. Ah, should I have I a quick look back. at flights? Are, they, are there any sort of off peak times where they're like very, pretty reasonable, you know? Uh, it's all well and good. And the answer is no. The answer is always no. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, shall we do the news, Josh? Oh, yeah, probably. All right, we're going to start with what is probably the biggest news of the week. And that is a commitment from Disney's new. Is he the new CEO or the returning CEO? How do you um, position... The returning
1: CEO? Bob
0: Iger, the Palpatine of CEOs, somehow. Yes, somehow. returned. Does he fly now? No. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well... Maybe. I mean, if he's bringing avatar experiences to other Disney parks, because that is what he has said is happening, he's going to bring an avatar experience to Disneyland, the OG Disneyland in Anaheim. Yeah. Uh, He said this at Disney's uh, investors' conference call where uh, there were other announcements. I think the the sort of most eye-catching ones were Various movie sequels. We're getting a Frozen 3. We're getting a Zootopia 2. Ugh. And we're getting a Toy Story 5. Mm. I hope it's a heist movie. I hope they go the fast route. <laughs> they're, in, they're in Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where does the Toy Story 5
1: even well, that's begin? That's interesting, because Toy Story 4 is, some might argue, the uh, the weakest of the four. And I would definitely argue that 4 is the weakest of the Fast films. So you think Fast 1
0: is the best Fast and the Furious then do you? Uh, do you think that it tracks? The,
1: uh, uh, I assume you think
0: that's where that analogy ends but... Oh right. I mean unless you my don't fav- think Toy Story <clears throat> 1 is the best Toy Story. That's the thing about Toy Story right? It's such a strong franchise that oh, yeah. I'd, I'd I really listen to like an to. argument for any one of them being the best even though I think my favourite is...
1: Probably still the original, on balance. It's such a good trilogy. It's a, it's incredible. Like to have that, you know, performance throughout all three films of that original trilogy is top notch. Uh, yeah, I've still not
0: rewatched four. I saw it whilst pretty ill at the cinema. Didn't have a great time.
1: Feel like I didn't I give it a fair shake. Three. So I can't bring myself to rewatch three. It was a, an emotional ride. Oh yeah. It was.
0: Anyway, uh, yeah, so Avatar coming to Disneyland, I mean, it was quite, a, you know, it's been a, a tricky period for Disney in some ways financially. Well, look, all in context, obviously, they're doing re- very well for themselves, but just by Disney standards, <laughs> some things have, have slipped. So, you know, number of Disney Plus subscribers, for example. But the parks have been doing well. Obviously, they're way up on the pandemic period, um, but... Yeah, they've they've bounced back fantastically, as have, you know, Comcast's parks, and they're doing yes. very well indeed.
1: And I, of course... You, what, um, I was going to say you mentioned Disney Plus there. Uh, yeah. Most of the people that they've... Well, all of the people that they've lost, I don't know if you know this, but it's from India, because they lost the rights to the IPL, the Indian Premier League, which is the cricket out there. Um, so everyone that was subscribing to watch that on Disney Plus Hotstar, I think it's called, in in India, have unsubscribed so they can go and watch their IPL elsewhere. That's where basically all of their uh, subscriber losses come from. Most Western markets have seen an increase in subscribers still. Oh, look at Josh there, reading beyond the headlines. Yep. You'd never make it in journalism.
0: Anyway, yes. uh, Speaking of losses, though, Disney have and there's an absolute lot of job cuts as part of this selling call as well. It's worth noting. 7,000. I I mean, the amount of job... Things are really rough right now, even for people that do have jobs. The idea... I mean, just the thought of how many thousands and thousands of people have lost their jobs in the last couple of months just from, like, some of the very biggest companies in the world, like, US companies in the world, obviously all the tech giants, and, and now, like, Disney. I mean, it's... It beggars belief, really. I mean, and it's also not, it's all just so numbers look a little bit better on a spreadsheet for investors and shareholders. I mean, there's no actual, yeah, legitimate, be, like if you actually cared, because all these CEOs, Bob Iger included, will talk about how much they care about their staff and everything. If you actually yeah. cared, you wouldn't do this because there's no actual legitimate, <laughs> yeah. you are not going to go bust. Disney. If you keep these seven thousand jobs, I just think it's gross. You, you can keep all of these people and still be incredibly profitable. Absolutely, it's um, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, we'll <laughs> we'll get there now uh, to Avatar. So Avatar coming to Disneyland. To be fair, the reason I keep backing away from it is that there's not really much more to it than that. Bob Iger has said it will be an experience. So. <laughs> We
1: yes don't We don't know if it'll be good. We
0: don't know if it'll be bad. We don't know what it will be. What do you think it will be, no. Josh? I, I think we well, can assume that it's going to be relatively small because I think if it was something to be truly like pumped about, he would come out and say, "Oh, yeah, we're doing a land or we're doing a ride." This, this kind, of, I'm, I'm automatically skeptical
1: by his choice of, of the word experience. Yes. I don't, I don't think you get this here if it's something big. I think you get a big proper announcement. Um what I think it's probably going to be is like the one in Shanghai which is a bit of a walk through attraction um some indoor um I haven't seen it fully but it's like kind of like a lab location sort of thing from the the you know the people the humans on on the on the world Pandora and you kind of walk through yeah and you kind of walk through and see plants and stuff from the uh, from Pandora, but in a lab environment rather than
0: as a land. And I mean, I know you're not a massive Avatar fan. I guess it does make sense though, right, that Disney would be looking to try and take advantage of it in their parks because I, I think even even though it's been at Animal Kingdom and been very successful there for a few years now, prior even to Disney owning Fox, I still don't think Avatar yeah. has has become associated with Disney in the same way as, let's say, Star Wars and Marvel, which I think are now pretty widely recognised as Disney properties. I think that probably sounded weird for a little while, but it's now kind of the norm. I guess if, you know, Disney are keen for Avatar to get to that point, which I'm sure they will because Way of Water's obviously done remarkably well, and so Avatar 3, 4, 5, however many are basically eight, on the books, nine, you know, ten. they're going to happen. So over the course of the next five, six, seven years, you're going to have a number of of big Avatar films and, and Disney will be keen to take advantage of their likely success by yeah. representing them, representing those films at their at their parks. So whether or not they can do something as grand as Animal Kingdom or something smaller as this would probably be, um, I don't think well have I don't think we've heard the last of avatar uh, when it comes to the theme parks I, I I'd imagine you'll probably see it also come to you know other disney parks around the world too over the next few years in some form anyway.
1: Uh yeah I think you're right. Um you know this sort of a, an Aladdin walkthrough isn't there at Paris that we didn't do this year. Um I could see something like sh- the Shanghai element coming to multiple parks across the world, uh, and, you know, I think, I think the world of Avatar, even though I don't like the films, uh, deserves more than that. I think Pandora at Animal Kingdom is incredible and the ride, uh, the flight of passage is really, really good. Um, the river journey, not so much, but, um, I think the world of Pandora deserves that more than, um... The film does, but um, I think the film, to be quite honest, deserves um, a a small walkthrough attraction, but uh, the world needs something bigger. But uh, we'll have to wait and see, I guess, see what comes.
0: All right, Josh. Well, if Avatar only deserves a walkthrough in your eyes, what about Frozen? What does that deserve? Does that deserve something bigger than... uh... Than that, or do you look at all the frozen attractions and lands being worked on, or you know, in some cases that already
1: exist, and think,
0: bah, humbug? <laughs> uh,
1: I, uh, I really like fr- the frozen world as well, and I, I quite like frozen one. I wasn't so keen on frozen two, um, but I would definitely say I prefer frozen to Avatar, uh, and I think they can do a lot with that franchise i think you know get some get some good songs going and some uh, good animatronics and i can really uh put put on a show at the parks around the world
0: well good news josh because the first disney theme park land entirely themed to frozen is nearing completion world of frozen Coming to Hong Kong Disneyland. Yes, this is the Hong Kong version. Of course, there is a, a Frozen land coming also to Walt Disney Studios Park, which we talked a little bit about late last year oui. uh, when we went there. Uh, but that's oui. you know a bit further off. This one's coming in the second half of 2023, and we got a fresh look at some of what's on the way this week. Most notably, uh, a pretty damn incredible Elsa animatronic which yeah. uh, is going to be positioned in their... Well, it's basically their version of Frozen Ever After, which is at Epcot mm-hmm. uh, in Disney World. But whilst the animatronics on that ride, the Elsa and Anna and the Olaf and, and Sven and the rest of them, you know, they're okay. Like, I don't look at them and think that they're bad at all, but this this upgraded Elsa is <laughs> pretty incredible. <laughs> like the range of movements... The nuanced movements in her face and, you know, not just relying on projections in the way that the Epcot one does for the facial expressions. It's a massive step up and it's far closer to the standard that we saw with the Beauty and the Beast ride, for example, in Tokyo. And that opened a little while
1: ago. It's much closer to that. So yeah. yeah I think the animatronic looks really really good I'm looking forward to the uh, coaster that they've got going on as well that looks cool um, and the yes. perspective of the uh, ice palace up on the mountain looks really cool as well
0: yeah that's uh, Wandering Oaken's Sliding Sleighs that's a, a the, family coaster but yeah, yeah for me definitely cool. definitely the, the animatronic is the most eye-catching thing I mean I think that those you know that's some of the stuff that wows me the most these days. It's uh it's kind of the 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 step forwards that you see every few years in the audio animatronic space. Like it feels like we had a period where the improvements were quite incremental and not super noticeable, like across the board. But I think yeah. in the last couple of years the it's kinda of gone through the roof, kind of in the same way that we've seen with like ai and uh, and the way technology's moved forward in that space is gone it feels anyway like it's gone um you know stratospheric very quickly and it's kind of how yeah. I feel with these audio animatronics like I think I' said on this podcast before that when you first saw the kind of prototypes of the stunt Spider-Man robot you kind of thought oh yeah that'll be 10 years away I guess that looks kind of ridiculous <laughs> and then you blink and it's it's in the park there's Spider-Man jumping around and now we hear about flying versions of Spider-Man and then you see this this Elsa that is just a million times better than an Elsa which only came to Epcot five six years ago and that thing already is going to look really outdated so yeah who knows what these kinds of things will look like in another two three four years it's uh it's kind of scary how quickly this stuff is improving.
1: It is, for sure. And uh, I just, yeah, everything about this looks really cool. I've seen the animatronics, as you say. The mountains look like they've been, I don't know what the word is, drawn, like they are in the film. They're yeah, uh, yeah in the animation kind of style. They've done a really impressive job with all of this. So good. Yeah, that's my favourite thing about,
0: frozen and and even more so tangled is the way that yeah it's 3d animation but they still actually somehow managed to evoke the more classic hand-drawn disney animation style which i think some of the recent disney stuff has maybe lost sight of a little bit maybe it's just not something the kids are into these days but I i thought that blending of animation styles always looked really cool and i'd love to see it come back so yeah it's it's pretty
1: neat to see it
0: kind of represented in a in a real physical space like this.
1: Yeah. The uh the kids these days, much like you know, when we were young, we weren't too keen on black and white films. The kids these days only want CGI, none of that hand drawn cartoon rubbish. Ugh. I know. Makes you sick, breaks your heart. It
0: does. Really does. Although I did see uh, slightly tangentially to that there was a Nintendo Direct this week and they showed a trailer for this new like Mickey Mouse platformer that's coming out oh yeah that did look cool it looked really cool, Like the art style for that looked very much like the recent Mickey Mouse cartoons that Runaway Railway is based on it looked really good in motion though and it actually looked like it might be a decent game so maybe one to keep an eye on for the Disney Gaming Hour on the Park Rush YouTube yeah. channel which has been a bit slower this week because of course I've not been locked away with Covid so yeah, I've spent less time in my room, but yes, I'll see if I can perhaps revive that. Mm-hmm. Moved on now mm-hmm. from Epic Mickey two and 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 Brave, and uh, we played a bit of Toy Story three the other day, Josh. Now that I oh, mentioned that earlier, but yeah. Anyway, the last bit of Disney news for this week—it's not so much news really—but we got our first official POV video of the Magic Kingdom edition of Tron Light Cycle. I say the Magic Kingdom edition. It is basically the same as yeah. the Shanghai version. And I must say, as someone who has obviously never been on the Shanghai version, but also hasn't even like watched footage of it for quite some time now,
1: I was a little bit taken aback by just how short this ride seems to be. Uh, yeah, I guess compared to kind of some of the more recent additions, like mm. your um, Jurassic Park, Um, Velocicoaster and Hagrid and Gardens of the Galaxy ride it does it is shorter a lot shorter than those for sure and I feel like um, it it could definitely I think it deserves more. Do you think in some ways it's like
0: a victim of of its delays because so far as when this was kind of designed and pitched and announced obviously it is a sort of copy across from a park where it's existed for some time now i mean this is in some ways like a mid 2010s ride that is opening in 2023 so maybe we shouldn't be surprised that it actually already feels a bit small and dated compared even to other disney world coasters that have opened in the last couple of years like obviously um guardians at epcot which I think has been pretty well received, and you know people were actually quite surprised by how sort of long and intense that ride in, ended up being. Whereas this actually yeah. looks quite short and tame compared to that.
1: Yeah, I'm su- I'm sure it would still be good, but I think you're right; it has been affected by that those delays. And um, the problem is, once you've once you put the footings in for that bit of building, uh, you're basically stuck. So it's not like <laughs> halfway through the corner, oh crap, should we uh, extend it and. Uh, you know add more story or whatever to it in the middle but you're basically stuck as soon as you put those footings in so the delays have really hit them hard and the the bigger better the bigger longer rides have come through and uh, made this thing look short yeah
0: i mean aesthetically stylistically it still looks awesome even though i've never seen tron i love the aesthetic and they've brought it into you know the real world uh, in a really yes. really cool way just as they did in shanghai i mean like the lighting and just the way the bikes look and obviously it goes without saying that you do straddle them like a bike you don't just sit in it like a, a normal roller coaster so it's still got a lot going for it and you know chances are that if and when i eventually ride tron it will be at magic kingdom not in shanghai so I, i'm still yeah. looking forward to eventually riding this thing but yeah, it, it's not like got me chomping at the bit in the same way that Guardians did when I first sort of started hearing about that. You know, I was genuinely sort of like, oh, damn, I I wish my trip last year had been just like a week or two longer so I could have maybe gotten on that ride. Tron doesn't have me quite feeling the same way. But, you know, I, I think once people sort of readjust their expectations and look at it through the lens of something that should have been open Three, four years ago, it, it you know, it will maybe burn a little less if people feel disappointed at all. And we end this week's news away from Disney, but still in Florida. And this is at Busch Gardens. We have an opening date for its new thrill ride, the Serengeti Flyer. And this is a pendulum style swing, the world's tallest and fastest of its kind and it'll give you well, some fantastic views of the uh Serengeti of Bush Gardens which of course is where they have their giraffe and uh, various other african animals so um you know obviously if it's being billed as the uh, fastest ride of its type who knows if you'll actually have much chance to get a good view of the <laughs> Serengeti plains but you know uh, uh Cool, nonetheless. Cool setting, nonetheless. And it's going to open on the 27th of February. Uh, I've never been on a not long now on this kind of ride before, so I, I would have to watch it to to or uh-huh. go on it, obviously, to to kind of get a sense of what it's about.
1: I'm going to say that's a lie, Tom. Is that a lie? Yeah, you've been what, on you put, you, uh, you, Rush at Thorpe Park.
0: Is that what this? Is that what this? What's Rush at Thought Park? I don't remember it's, that
1: right. It is, it is this Tom? Is it? I don't remember yeah. it though. Where was? Where is that in Thorpe Park? Um, sort of at the base of Colossus, in a sense. So we we kind of came around from the back way. So we came down past Colossus, and then it was in front of us there. Um, if you come in from, if you're coming from the main entrance to the park, it will be on your left.
0: Okay. Yeah. No, I left. Have, I'm looking at this now. I have very very vague memories of it, but. Not really. Weird. Okay. Yeah. Why? The
1: um the artwork is a bit on this is a bit uh, misleading because you look a lot more upright uh, halfway through this swing than you do in real life. You mean the bush gardens artwork? Yes. Right. Um. Because obviously you sit down at the bottom and then by the time you're halfway up, you're laying down. Mm. Um. So but, uh, but I, I, I really like Rush. Rush at foot park's always been a good fun ride that I've really, always enjoyed. So, uh, yeah, it was good to see another one of these and a, a bigger one of these as well. Yeah, exactly. You
0: know, bush Gardens always go big with this kind of thing. You know, think of Falcon's Fury. I um, yep. thought, let's build a drop tower. How do we make it particularly eye-catching? Oh, I know. We'll make it ridiculously high. Um, and then obviously also... Uh, Have you looking straight down at the ground? That's a really cool uh, idea. Yeah, terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. (laughs) Yeah. Couldn't necessarily recommend it in good conscience, but it's it's a trip, that's for sure. And uh, I think that's going to do it for this week's Park Rush podcast, in and out, nice and quickly, respecting the time of our seven listeners. And uh, (laughs) we hope you enjoyed the show. This week, those of you that are still here, if you want to keep up in the week, I'm sure you know this by now, but links.parkcrush.com is the place to go. That's where you'll find all the socials, uh, including the YouTube channel, where, as I say, I look to do some more streaming. This coming week, we are hoping to look at a uh, little, I guess guess it's like a fan project, right? Somebody has remade, I think in Unreal Engine, Epcot as it existed on opening day. And uh, we saw Giant Bomb, the folks at Giant Bomb, play that this week. And we saw it and thought, that looks like something we should check out. So maybe keep an eye out on the YouTube channel. We're hoping to to try that for ourselves. Uh, Otherwise, of course, if you haven't subscribed already, then you can do so on your preferred podcasting app. And if you want to get in touch with the show, email us, podcast That's going to do it. Stay safe and take it easy out there. We'll see you next week, I guess. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye.